following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Wednesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can follow everything about high school sports 24-7 at MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. Wednesdays on the Huge Show are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. We are back live across Michigan. Hour number three with Superfly Hayes. The greatest producer ever. Just asking for font size on the callers. It's wonderful. Thank you, Superfly. You're like a mini Bill Gates. Now, junior Bill Gates. We got Mark Hugh, Executive Director of Michigan High School Athletic Association in studio. If you have a high school sports question, you can drop it over the next 20 minutes, 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. I also have some shout-outs that will get two people dropping them. Add HUGE Show on Twitter, The HUGE Show on Facebook. Fall Sports, Boys and Girls, shout-outs. Uh, J.C. Wismar, shout-out to Brett Wismar, senior center and middle linebacker, current wrestler, Nuego High School. Also, the great-great-nephew of the amazing Clarence Middleton. Uh, Rest in peace, Clarence. One of the great men I ever met in my life from Sparta. Uh, Ken Teske, shout-out to Carson Kohler, a senior running back QB free safety at Michigan Lutheran Seminary in Saginaw, who despite a knee ligament tear week four, toughed it out for the rest of the year and earned second team All-State honors. Also as academic All-State, fantastic leader and team captain. Prayers for a complete and speedy recovery from surgery. Look at that. Tear in week four. Amazing. And toughed it out the rest of the year for his team. Uh, Greg Henry comments, Mark, water polo, men's and women's, needs to be an MHSAA sport, not controlled by the coaches here in Smaka. Looking forward to the addition of boys volleyball. Uh, So we always talk about the new sports and boys volleyball. I think girls field hockey, girls flag football, the water polo has been addressed. at what time frame will you know if any new sports will be added for the next school year? Next March, it uh, will be a topic for our board the next time they meet. When we met two weeks ago, we talked about four sports. We talked about water polo. We talked about girls field hockey. We talked about boys volleyball. And then uh, also some conversation about girls flag football. So we're going to collect some more data, get some more input, and that'll end up in front of our board when they meet um, toward the end of March, so uh, stay tuned. Name, image, and likeness. Uh, uh, political push for name, image, and likeness. Money, opportunities, possibly at the high school level in the state of Michigan for boy or boys and girls uh, student athletes. What's the latest uh, from Lansing on? Is that bill still alive? Where does it stand? So the the bill did pass uh, our house, the the state house. And, of course, the legislative session here for the year has now come to an end. So our legislature will be uh, back in Lansing after the new year. 
and we fully uh, expect the House version of the bill then to move to the Senate. The Senate will debate and then ultimately vote on it. And if uh, that gets out of the Senate, it would go to our governor's desk. Uh, long story short, um, I'll even a half step back. NIL to me makes total sense at the college level, which is a billion out billion dollar industry to where you've got now at the power five level, millionaire coaches and administrators. And it's fair and reasonable to say that the student athlete should be getting a piece of the action. Taking a college-style NIL bill and just erasing college and writing in high school, to me, doesn't make much sense because our athletic departments are trying to break even. Average uh, coaching salary right now in our state is less than $4,000 for a season. Um, So there are no billions. There are no millions. um, But yet uh, we're trying to kind of take what, and, and I would argue, that this has been one of the things that has escalated some of the problems at the college level, not solved them. You know, the whole point of NIL was to put some money in the pockets of college kids um, who are really the workforce in this billion dollar industry. And if you really follow most collegiate NIL money, that money is going to a small percentage of kids. So neither here nor there, uh, the high school version of the bill, it's really geared about individual opportunities for individual kids if this is something that passes, uh, my sense is that this will affect an incredibly small percentage of kids that would have the ability to make any NIL money as a high school athlete, and we'll just see kind of how the process plays out. So from your connections in the Michigan High School Athletic Association being based in Lansing, what are the odds that a name, image, and likeness bill for high school athletes will become law in the state of Michigan. I think it's pretty good, and it's just based on the politics. The The bill sponsor in the House was a Democrat. Uh, the Senate right now is controlled by Democrats, and our governor right now um, is a Democrat. So it, it just strictly on party lines, if this is a, a concept of the Democratic Party, um, I really don't see any way that it won't happen. The thing that we are grateful uh, to Representative Walker uh, out of Ypsilanti, who was the sponsor of the bill, as we were invited uh, f- with a chair at the table, really from the start. So we've been able to give input and feedback, which the has rep- that been you personally? It has been, um, along with a couple other staff, and, and we are grateful for that. Uh, you know, thirty other states have have figured it out and have put something in place because at the end of the day, I do think we need something because Bill, what I would hate to have happen is a a kid is a great freshman and sophomore year. And now heading into their junior year here in Michigan, the family decides we've got to move to fill in the blank, Oklahoma, Arizona, wherever, because that's where there are some NIL opportunities. So we've got to allow something just for that, that less than 1% kids where this would be a real issue. And that would be moving to, let's say, Oklahoma, if they have name, image, and likeness, where a gear company would pay this 1% top-shelf student-athlete, correct? Correct. And this isn't pay-to-play. This is a kid being able to earn money for personal appearances, for autographs, for pictures, for uh, endorsements of products. And you're going to not investigate, but oversee any part of that uh, political language was... The Michigan High School Athletic Association would oversee any NIL deal and have to approve it. 
It is just to make sure that it, it's checking all the legal boxes. And that's something that uh, the law, they wrote us into the law is kind of the agency that would, would monitor and coordinate this. So like I said, uh, in a perfect world, is this something that's needed and necessary? No, but I'm also smart enough to read the, the political climate and kind of where this is headed. And again, we are thankful that uh, there has been good communication and dialogue. So based on your vibe that because of the political climate, it, would or could get passed, would that go into law in the spring, uh, next school year, uh, any timetable? That would be interesting because if it, it gets passed with immediate effect, um, the, the timetable, the House version of the bill wouldn't have it kicking in until 2026, but we'd have to see what kind of time frames a, a Senate version of this would look like. So, so they want to give you some time to get out in front of it and have a system. Seems right? like, yes, it does, but yet... I'm also one of these people that doesn't believe you should pass something. And hey, in two years from now, this is what's going to happen because I think there are some folks that get kind of shortchanged in the transition. By the way, one more shout out. I forgot uh, from the Huge Show Facebook page. Mike Palco wants to give some love to Braden Florian running back from Chesney High School in their football program. You can drop your shout outs. 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE on the Mercantile Bank listener line, Mercantile Bank, with locations all across Michigan because they are a Michigan-based bank. On air, 1-866-838-4843. Add Huge Show on Twitter, The Huge Show on Facebook. Also, any questions we'll take for Mark here over the next 10 minutes or so. Let's go to John in Bay City listening on 100.9 FM, The Mitt out of Midland. You're on The Huge Show. John. Yep, I'm here. Yeah, what's going on, buddy? All right. So just a little bit of background. I've coached through high school, coached some travel baseball through the years. So is this for more Mark? You know, I know you mentioned about, you know, referees and umpires leaving because of the conflict with parents. And the biggest thing I've seen over the years of, of, you know, coaching in in both um, arenas is in the travel situation, I think the umpires are more customer friendly. Um, they don't get run over, but if they get questioned, they're not standoffish. And I think you, watching high school basketball, baseball, football's kind of tough because you know you're so far away. You know, when a referee or umpire can't get questioned or is kind of rude to players and coaches, that's a conflict. I mean, you know, you're paid to do a job. You know, sometimes you have a bad day, just like a bad player. You know, all, a lot of times coaches just want an explanation. And the other thing, so I would say, you know, more customer-friendly, customer service. I mean, I work at a bank. We screw up, we have to own it. You know, we have upset customers. The other thing is is some bias. I've, I've seen where, and it's probably hard because you don't have a laundry list of umpires and, and, and uh, refer, uh, basketball officials, but, you know, when you see a game when there's 35 free throws to three, and the the umpires or the referees had a kid who went that to that school against that school. I mean, is there any vetting process? Should, you know, if I was a referee, I would probably remove myself from that game. You know, so there's just a couple suggestions to, to to maybe you know reduce some of the conflict that you're seeing between you know parents and coaches and 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 and, and referees. Uh, John, yeah, I think I mean, yeah, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, and I appreciate the call in Bay City listening on 100.9 FM, the Met. Uh, I think there is a double-edged sword of 
you need officials. Officials don't want to drive 100 miles, even though they're getting over 100 bucks. So you get a lot of local guys who may have connections to a school. I've never seen anything egregious where I think refs are being biased, but you know, you have the officiating background. Your thoughts on what John had to say? I think John is absolutely right that in its essence, this is all about a, a relationship and people business. Um, again, that was my hobby for nearly 25 years, was able to advance, got to umpire the College World Series a couple times. I was a pretty average ball strike, safe out, fair foul umpire. I think what really was uh, allowed me to advance and kind of stand out was I felt there was not a situation that could happen on the field that I could not handle and that I could not de-escalate. So it's that fine line of being confident yet approachable. Um, you know, being able to, to to be sure of myself without coming across as cocky. And those people skills are something that we try and work every single day with our officials to get them better prepared. When it comes to conflicts of interest, we do have a policy. So if you are a graduate within the last five years, you are not able to officiate your school um, at the varsity level. By the way, our conflict of interest is only at the varsity level because some of our more remote parts of our state to find, you know, folks to work a freshman or JV game. And then again, if you have kids that attend the high school, so we do have a conflict of interest policy that is in place at the varsity level that officials in schools uh, need to be mindful of just to avoid those those situations. The last thing I will say is sometimes, you know, in basketball, we'll look at the number of free throw attempts and think that, well, those should always be equal. Um, sometimes just by styles of play, the free throws are going to be different. And I guess I would could then also argue, well, that official looks up at the scoreboard and sees the difference in fouls. Well, now should I start making up stuff to kind of even out the fouls? Well, now isn't that really being, um, you know, kind of unfair and, and showing a lack of integrity? So I'm sorry, if you can be a great basketball referee, I think that's one of the hardest things to do on the planet. Because you're right there with oh. the fans and the coaches and the players and everybody's right on top of you. The emotion, right? the, it, all of that. And uh, like I said, uh, we continue to try and bring more people in to get them better trained. And uh, no, John's call uh, certainly is a good motivation for us to keep pushing forward with that. Let's go to Kevin and Muskegon on Michigan's West Coast, listening on 96-1, the game out of Grand Rapids. You're on the Huge Show. Hey, Huge. Thanks for taking my call. My question is uh, in regards to the OK Conference realignment. Just wondering when that will be finalized and what the thought process is in, you know, when that realignment is being done. Well, I can tell you that I've seen what has been approved by the West Michigan ADs. I think ADs, not the coaches. I think ADs. Coaches all are consulted on it. It's been passed, and it's on to the superintendent vote on Monday where the schools want to move fast on this because there's going to be, for the most part, six team conferences. The OK Red will have a couple of more schools. There's going to be five conference games, so you're going to need four non-conference games. And, Mark, we know it can be tough for schools to land non-conference games, so what they're banking on with no mandatory crossover games, as the previous proposal had, these schools are going to have to cut deals. Well, you're going to get schools who aren't going to want to play this school or that school. And I think everybody's trying to move fast on this now so they can get these games scheduled because ADs, coaches, they don't want to spend their Christmas break worrying about a football schedule 
you got it. No, and I, I'm not privy to really any of the details of the OK Conference. I can just say that that's a league that I'm a product of. I think the world of their leadership, Dave Feenster, the commissioner, Jerry Haggerty, their assistant commissioner, and I know that they've had a good process and, and they've uh, communicated with those schools. Scheduling, you've got to plan more than a month ahead, and that's really the push for the OK Conference to get something approved and in place because you've got to start scheduling for next fall like yesterday. Um, so they've really got to fast track that again with a different mix of schools. And I know uh, they're working quickly to do that. Yeah. Joe Schwander, the head football coach at eight of Forest Hills Eastern where my son Ace goes, I texted him. I said, Hey, you know anything about the non-conference schedule? And he says, we have to wait until Monday on the superintendent's vote, because I believe there probably are handshake deals all in place. But they need to make sure what the conference realignment looks like. I will tell you that I've seen the model, but I'm not going to share it on my social networks or on air because I don't want to create. There's been enough drama connected to this realignment. It's it's a little Pac-12-ish. But again, I Pac-12 had bad leadership. I think OK Conference has strong leadership. Absolutely. This has been trying to get a bunch of schools. And you know better than most, Mark, when you take statewide trying to get schools on the same page, it's it's next to impossible. It is. And, and even just the, the 50 school snapshot in the OK Conference, you've got a couple schools of nearly 3,000 kids, and you've got schools uh, right around 300 kids. Yeah, and, like a North Point Christian or something. And to right? come up with policy and rules and schedules and regulations that fits the need of 50 different communities with that kind of enrollment range, uh, not an easy job at all. No, and I've... Uh, I will say, as I look at what the 80s have approved, I think everybody will be happy, which is in the superintendents, I I don't think, I think superintendents have been consulted by their coaches, or at least their head football coach and AD and principal, I would think, before they get to a vote. But again, uh, voting is a different animal at all levels. In America, and I'm not going to go into it. Just when you think it seems obvious, this looks good. But this is in the best interest of football-only conferences. I will tell you this. The final proposal has football-only conferences in West Michigan. And then conferences that are more neighborhood rivalry-based and less travel. So you're a school district, you're a superintendent, you're voting Monday. You're going to have less expenses on travel, time. You're going to draw bigger crowds because you're playing neighborhood or schools that are the next district over. I'm talking for everything beyond football. Football, uh, the football-only conferences feature rivalries and also matchups we've never seen in West Michigan, which I think creates interest. Whether you're going to drive and go on the road and play a Hamilton or all of a sudden Grand Rapids West Catholic is going to play a school they've never played. I believe that creates excitement and interest. From looking at this, which I got through a source last night, I think it is in the best interest of high school football and all sports in West Michigan. That's my opinion, and a vote for Bill Simonson is a vote for change. <laughs> it looks good. I, for me to sit on something where I have it, it's, I go, oh, I'm going to share it. And no, I can't do that. Then all of a sudden a school will create and they'll go nuts. I... I'll give the ADs credit, and I know a lot of ADs and a lot of head football coaches. This looks like something that I think you're not going to keep everybody happy, but 90% of the 
people out there will be happy with it. And it's good for the kids. End of the day, remember, it's good for the kids. Ask yourself, when you see the new realignment, maybe as early as Monday night, Monday afternoon, in West Michigan, talk to your kids first on what they think about the realignment before the parents organize. Because the parents' pitchfork conference isn't part of this realignment, okay? And we've all been down that road. This is in the best interest of the kids. Mark, good stuff today, man. It was awesome. Happy holidays. Good to be with yeah, you. Enjoy your Christmas and your kids. And uh, man, it is. Now, John Vanderwall just texted me and says, Give me the new conference alignment. Give it up to me. John's an assistant coach for state champion Forest Hill Central, where Tim Rogers uh, did retire and yep. goes out on top. And well done. John Vanderwall, the former major leaguer, he's in the Hall of Fame. You ever thrown John out of a game? Nope. Because uh, most umpires have. Uh, you've never thrown him out again? <laughs> I didn't get to work at that level that yeah. John was playing at. Oh, my God. So. He's like Andrew Dice Clay in the box right there. He's just swearing. He's yelling, throwing his bat. He's like wild thing from the left side of the plate. I mean, I, I had to put a screen in when he comes in here because he's like crazy. It's like a caged animal. Tell you what, the guy could hit the holy cow. Oh, yeah. He's one of the great. Oh. One, it's something about a left-handed swing. Yes. That's beautiful. You, you, if you go down the list, even Bonds for people that hate him, or Griffey Jr., right, or Will Clark, Palmero, Ken Griffey, John nothing, Vanderwald, nothing smoother than a good uh, left-handed swing. There isn't. Who was the greatest left-handed swing for the Tigers? Jason Thompson had a good power swing. Remember him, old school. Norm uh, Storm and Norman Cash, Daryl Evans, the eight fourteen. Oh, Daryl Evans. Mm. Modern era with uh, the team where Leland's in the Hall of Fame, but blew two World Series. Congrats, Jim, on the Hall of Fame. <laughs> what, what time we got to get out, Superfly? Oh, thank you. Mark, uh, it really, we don't plan anything. I got to give you an idea of what we're going to talk about, and it's always great conversation, and most important, the people are informed statewide. Thank you so much, and Merry Christmas. Thanks, Bill. All right, there he is, Mark Ewell, Executive Director of the MHSAA, joining us in studio. If you missed any of the conversation, just search The Huge Show where you download podcasts. From Grand Rapids to Detroit, this show is huge. It's time to go in the huddle. One, two, three, top flight! It's a new day to celebrate and be free. It's a new day full of action and excitement because it's a new day for winning only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. It's a new day. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com. A couple of weeks away before the Rose Bowl, so let's take a look at how we got here, starting with Michigan's opponent, the Crimson Tide. Bama, the SEC champs, went 12-1 on the season with their lone loss coming to Texas in Week 2. Four top 25 wins on the season, led by quarterback Jalen Milrow, who passed for 2,700 yards on 66% passing for 23 touchdowns and six interceptions. He added another 468 on the ground with 12 rushing touchdowns. Jace McClellan and Roy Dell Williams combined for over 1,300 yards on the ground, and Jermaine Burton and Isaiah Bond are the two wide receivers to keep an eye out on for January 1st. Defensively, three players have seven-plus sacks led by linebackers Dallas Turner and Chris Braswell. Turner, tackle J.C. Latham, and defensive back Kool-Aid McKinstry are all projected to go in the first round of the upcoming 2024 NFL Draft. Bill Simonson here for my good friend Josh Garvey. Now, he is a managing shareholder at Bean Garter, soon to be Dorn Mayhew at the end of the year. And with the merger, there is growth and a chance for you to fill an executive or other high-level finance-related roles, either at Bean Garter here in downtown Grand Rapids 
or over at the Dorn Mayhew World Headquarters in Troy or at any of their offices across the country and around the world. They have a national specialized talent pool with ideal candidates for long-term placement, ongoing support for post-placement success. So if you're looking for that next chapter in your professional career, Talk to Josh Garvey and the team at Bean Garter. Easiest way, you can call Bean Garter, ask for Josh Garvey, or go to their website, B-E-N-E-G-A-R-T-R.com, or look for Bean Garter, soon to be Dorn Mayhew, on Facebook and on Twitter. Get your groove on. Everybody get up. Friday, December 15th at Soaring Eagle Casino. Robin Thicke. Same show, same night, Montel Jordan. Start at $53. On sale now at the box office and etix.com. Party hard. Slide into smooth. Robin Thicke and Montel Jordan. Friday, December 15th at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Where are you watching the Michigan-Alabama game on New Year's Day? Where you can join the huge show at Celebration Cinema North in Grand Rapids and other Celebration Cinema locations will be showing the game. For more info, go to CelebrationCinema.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. It's time for another edition of True and Blue. Each and every week on The Huge Show, we get together with the Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police and we spotlight incredible men and women across our state who have made the commitment to protect and serve our city streets, counties, and the state of Michigan. And today I welcome in Detroit Police Department Deputy Chief Mark Bliss. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you very much. Uh, tell me about your calling to protect and serve and how long you've been in law enforcement. So I've been in law enforcement for about 24 years, and my calling came it came right around high school when uh, I saw it was a, uh, a, a local uh, municipal department, um, and it was just something that you look you look at that individual and, and automatically I knew that's what I wanted to be. That's I, I fell in love with the uniform. I fell in love with the, uh, with the police car. Um, I fell in love with the idea of helping people, uh, making society and the community that, uh, uh, around me, uh, just to improve it as a whole. Uh, I, I think there is no greater calling than that, uh, is to help your fellow man. So in the over 24 years in law enforcement, Mark, uh, what's the biggest change you've seen both inside police departments and in the public spectrum? Uh, so I, I think one of the biggest one is the renewed emphasis on community policing. Uh, it has always been there. Uh, but I think that, uh, you know, some of the things that have, have gone on recently, uh, for instance, George Floyd, uh, it really does uh, renew the emphasis to have a very strong uh, relationship uh, with your community. Uh, I, I, I've always said, and I, I know that uh, our chief, uh, Chief James White, has, has always uh, also reiterated to, to everyone that uh, you, the, the community allows you to police it. You do not police the community. Uh, and in order to do that, uh, the community has to trust you. 
and they have to uh, respect and trust the uniform and what you stand for. And in order to build that, that is done every single day with your interactions, with your integrity, uh, with just, just your day-to-day uh, uh, duty uh, to your community that uh, allows you to uh, allow the community for, for you to actually uh, police it, so to speak. So uh, that's, to me, I, I think is the most important thing is the, the emphasis uh, to really be one with the community. And uh, unfortunately, uh, we've had some, some bad apples, so to speak, uh, nationally that has tarnished the badge. Uh, but I, I tell you that the, the, the vast majority of the men and women that serve uh, are uh, upstanding uh, individuals. Uh, and they truly love their community. Amen. Totally agree with you on that. Mark Bliss is Detroit Police Department's Deputy Chief joining us on another edition of True and Blue on the huge show across Michigan. A training to be a police officer from when you had that calling down in Ohio and you were attracted to law enforcement. How has the training changed from when you started to where we are today with a new recruit? So with the recruits now, we, we still do have the minimum of 594 uh, hours uh, for Michigan. Uh, that is, that's, that's the straight, the state uh, MCOLS training. Um, but we add several weeks more to our training here at Detroit uh, that allows us to look at other things, uh, such as which I think is the most important community engagement. We have a program that is called Serve Then Protect, and, and our recruits will do blood drives, gun lock giveaways, clothing drives. We will uh, clean school grounds. Uh, there's actually been a, Chris, a Christmas gift-giving event. Uh, so it really allows the officers to understand that it's, it's not just being out there on patrol, it's interacting and being one with the community. But in addition to the community engagement, uh, you know, we, we look at tactical medical. Uh, you know, we have our peer support program. Uh, we talk about social media, our crisis intervention training. Um, uh, just, you know, our diversity, equity, and inclusion, uh, all of these are, are, are focused after that mandated training because uh, we feel that that is extremely important for those officers going out uh, once they get the, the state mandated training to get this additional training because it makes a more complete uh, officer that goes out there and, and serves. And it goes right back to what you said about uh not police in the community, but working with the community. Mark Bliss, Deputy Chief, Detroit Police Department, joining us here on True and Blue, presented each and every week on the HUGE show by the Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police. If there's somebody listening across the state right now, Mark, that's interested in joining the Detroit Police Department, uh, what's that process? Uh, they can apply to uh, the Detroit Policemen's Recruiting Unit. Um, they can jump on the City of Detroit website, and there's a link there. Um, and they can uh, reach out to one of our recruiters. Um, we also, from time to time, do have upcoming career fairs uh, where uh, w- they can come in and they can do all of their background, basically, uh, their physical, everything uh, all in, in one day. So it really cuts down the back and forth, uh, and it allows you to, to, you know, to the individual to you know, get ready for those uh, next steps that come after all these preliminary steps. So that's that's the quickest and the best. We've found a way to kind of pare it down, uh, so to speak, to cut out all the uh, excess time that's really not needed. Uh, And it really does benefit that uh, candidate. 
Mark, I appreciate your time here on the huge show across Michigan. My best to all the brave men and women inside that Detroit Police Department. Thank you so much for having me on. All right, Mark Bliss, Deputy Chief, Detroit Police Department, joining us on another edition of True and Blue, presented by the Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police. If you're interested in protecting and serving the people of Detroit, just Google City of Detroit Police Department. Everything huge, 24-7 at net. Salt and pepper, Tom and Jerry, rhythm and blues. Some things just always go together, like driving and seatbelts. The Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police knows that seatbelts save lives. We know how easy it is to buckle up every single time. We know how important seatbelts are for everyone because we see what happens when people don't wear seatbelts. Driving and seatbelts. You just can't have one without the other. Huge here for Van Andel Institute Purple Community. Now they're a grassroots fundraising network powered by the volunteers who support VAI's mission to improve health now and in the future. Learn more at purplecommunity.org. Imagine this. Day filled with indulgence, bursting with excitement, and packed with extraordinary moments that build memories to last a lifetime. The day that is unmistakably yours, at the place that is undeniably spectacular. Whether you're winning big, dining lavishly, or relaxing oh so comfortably, it's your getaway reimagined at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Bill Simonson here for Roast Umber Coffee. It's a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And their nitro cold brew coffee is a convenient and healthy option with no sugar or additives. So if you want a great coffee or energy drink to power you through your morning and your day, it's available in ground or whole bean or in cans. More information on the website and direct delivery to your door at RoastUmber.com. Mercantile Bank is committed to delivering financial solutions that empower businesses to achieve their goals. We take time to understand you and what makes your business unique. From commercial and business banking to treasury and HCM tools, our local team is here to help you take your business to the next level. So when you need a financial partner, Merck is here. To learn more, visit us online at MerckBank.com business. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender. Make sure you listen weekly to our Moving Ferris Forward interviews with Ferris President Bill Pink and other leaders who are moving Ferris forward. Find out more about Big Rapids and Ferris and what they have to offer at ferris.edu. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. The Huge Show is back live across Michigan 19 radio station. Strong for the one close to you. Go to thehugeshow.net. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer and our friends from the Purple Community connected to Van Andel Institute joining us in studio. We're going to talk about a couple of great events that are connected to the game of hockey. GVSU hockey fights cancer and Rams hockey fights cancer. We'll talk to Alex Bjork in a moment from Rams hockey, but do want to welcome in Lene Satterley from the Purple Community and VAI. Good to have you back. 
Thanks, Bill. Good to be back. Uh, uh, hockey seems to be a, a great theme when hockey. it comes to the Purple community and VAI. Yes, hockey events do fantastic. People love hockey. We get lots of support. A lot of people come out and donate and, uh, you know, help with the jerseys. And they just they make a really great event out of it. Uh, let's talk about the GVSU uh, Hockey Fights Cancer. Uh, how did that uh, become a reality? Well, so they, I, I've only been at the Institute not quite a year, and I worked with them on this event last year. I know they have done some events in previous years, but they reached out to me, and we put together a game where they did um, custom purple jerseys to honor uh, players fighting cancer. And this year, I'm going to be back. I'm going to speak at the event. We're, ta- we're selling uh, T-shirts and beanies, and uh, it's really the hockey team put it together and reached out to us. Uh, speaking of GVSU uh, hockey, let's welcome him to the huge show across Michigan, uh, Jack Myers. Uh, he's honored to be a part of GVSU Hockey Fighting Cancer. Welcome in, Jack. How's it going? Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. All right, I appreciate you and what you're doing for Purple Community and VAI. Uh, tell me the impact of this GVSU Hockey Fights Cancer and the connection to Van Andel Institute. Yeah, it's great. You know, um, as Lenny I said, uh, we've been doing it for a few few years now, and it's not only great just for the team, the players, their parents, but as well as the community. We have some of the youth teams around the area help out with us. They come to the game, and they see what it's all about. And, Lene, uh, the date on the GVSU event uh, when uh, GVSU hockey will fight cancer and proceeds will benefit the Purple Community and Van Andel Institute. It is January 27th at 7.30 p.m., and it's at, Jack, remind me the name of the arena that it's at. Uh, Griff Georgetown. It's off 48th Street and Bower Road right there in Hudsonville. And tickets just at uh, the door that night or in yes, advance? Sir. Yes, at- sir. The tickets will be right at the door when you walk into the arena. Awesome. And how have the previous events been when GVSU has Hockey Night Fighting Cancer and benefiting Van Andel Institute? Uh, the previous years have been awesome. We've been able to raise a fair fair share of money. Um, all the proceeds from the game do go to Van Andel Institute and their Provo community. And this year we're looking to step it up a little bit. All right, Jack, thank you so much for your time here on the Huge Show across Michigan and Lene. What's that date again at Griff's Ice House in Georgetown here in the Grand Rapids area just west of town? It is January 27th of 2024, 7.30 p.m. All right, Jack, good luck. Keep up. Uh, the fight against cancer. My best to GVSU hockey. Thank you, and thanks again for having me. Yeah, no problem, buddy. Appreciate you taking time. Jack Myers from GVSU hockey, and they're fighting cancer and helping uh, VAI in the Purple community. Also in studio, Alex uh, Bjork is with Rams Hockey, which is a hockey organization just north of Grand Rapids. They also uh, have a hockey night uh, fighting cancer. Welcome in, Alex. Thanks, Bill. Appreciate you guys having me in. All right. Uh, how'd this connection happen uh, with the Purple community and VAI? Yeah, for me personally, it's a little bit of a longer story. Um, I actually got connected while I was at Grand Valley State playing hockey. Um, we actually started working with the Purple community about, uh, gosh, five, six years ago when I was at Grand Valley State um, with a gal named Hannah, who, funny enough, I now work with um, in the professional world. But um, 
circling back, now my wife and I have settled down in Rockford. I got connected with uh, the Rams hockey organization, some amazing people over there. Um, and so we wanted to get back connected with the Van Andel Institute and uh, raise some money for some uh, really good funds. And Lene, the Rams hockey night fighting cancer that benefits Van Andel Institute is What's that date? So it's actually a two-day event. Oh, two-day event. Be, a it's like a tournament. It's a weekend, a That's Saturday great. and a Sunday. And it is Saturday, January 20th and Sunday, January 21st. And is that Cedar Rock Ice Arena, right? It uh, is, yep. Just north of 14 Mile there. Yeah, yep. north of Grand Rapids, uh, north of Rockford, between Rockford and uh, Cedar Springs. So that's a whole that's weekend. It is, yep. So each of our teams are going to be home for at least one game that weekend. Um, that way everybody gets to showcase um, their team during the Hockey Fights Cancer Weekend. Yep, That's fantastic, Alex. Good work with Rams Hockey. And Lene, I mentioned from our conversation with the K-Wings and uh, the theme night they're doing to benefit Purple Community, uh, the Grand Rapids Griffins, the Wings, Top Farm Affiliate, Van Andel Arena, they've always had uh, their Purple Jersey night. Uh, it's To watch the hockey community, not only in West Michigan, but across this state, uh, step up to fight cancer and also helped the mission at Van Andel Institute. That's pretty cool. It's pretty amazing. And yeah, like I said, we have a great community of hockey teams that really want to step up and support and raise money to fight cancer and the other diseases that we do research on at Van Andel Institute. And this is a brand new event for, with Alex. So he reached out to me. So I'm very excited awesome. to do this. And it's really cool to hear the connection with Grand Valley, who we just had on prior to this, and that he actually played at Grand Valley and was part of that. And now we're just coming full circle and doing a whole separate event that I'm really excited about. I think it's going to be an awesome weekend. Yeah, so Alex is impacted at GVSU, works in with the Rams Hockey Organization and pays it forward, and here we go with another weekend Absolutely. that will benefit the Purple community. If there's any sports team, any league, anybody listening right now across Michigan where they want to have a Purple weekend, where they want to do Purple jerseys, where they want to connect and give back to Van Andel Institute, uh, a world leader in research of uh, fighting for a cure every day for cancer or Parkinson's. Uh, how can they connect with you, Lene? It's very simple. They can just go to either vai.org and click on Purple Community or just email us at purplecommunity.org, and one of us will respond to them, and we'll go from there. There is a great theme with sports teams and what they've been able to do for awareness and raising money for the Purple Community Absolutely. and Van Andel Institute. I, I, I love that vehicle, and it's where our partnership with Van Andel Institute really has flourished with getting the message out. And Alex, uh, that two-day weekend, what will be going on at Cedar Rock Ice Arena uh, north of Rockford just before Cedar Springs where people can stop out? Yeah, so we'll have a number of different things going on. There'll be some teams that have some special edition jerseys for the weekend. Um, but in combination with that, we already have a live website where folks can go online and donate toward a certain player. And what's, or, that, what's that web address? Uh, you can actually just head to ramshockey.org, and then all of the information will be right through there. Um, it's actually a, a site that we built with the Van Andel Institute specifically. Um, and then there will also be some merchandise sales with proceeds going to the Van Andel Institute as well. Yeah, good. North side of town, a lot of hockey Players, families, and fans there with the Rams hockey. And that date again for your uh, Purple Weekend uh, with VAI? Yeah, January 20th and 21st. All right. And if you want to reach out, LNA, any hockey coach, any baseball coach, basketball, you name it, the sport, and they want to have a Purple game, have a theme night, uh, what's that contact? Again, just purplecommunity.org. Purple they can send an email to us. Um, they can go on the website right there, and there's a place to, to reach right out to us. And one of us will respond to them. And the GVSU at uh, Griff's Georgetown, which is in the Jenison area, 
West of Grand Rapids. What's that date again for their that TVSU? That is Jan- January 27th. That's awesome. 7.30 p.m. Well, keep up the great work, man. You're doing wonderful things with Thanks, the Purple Bill. community. Thanks for having us on. Andal Institute, Alex Bjork with... Rams hockey. How's your organization? You guys have been growing, haven't you? We have, for sure. Yeah, there's a lot of really good people there that have led that charge. Um, and now we're starting to see a lot more kids from outside of just Rockford coming in. And so it's been cool to see the organization grow. This is my third year with the organization. And now being able to partner with Van Andel Institute, you know, our main goal with this is hopefully the kids recognize that uh, they can make an impact even at this age, even though they're not on a, a ginormous platform, you know, so... Well done, Alex. Keep up the great work. Appreciate I'm looking that, forward Bill. to that Purple Weekend. Again, that date at Cedar Rock Ice Arena. January 20th, 21st. Yeah, full weekend uh, benefiting of Van Andel Institute. Lene, Absolutely. Enjoy the holidays. Thanks. You. you too, Bill. Absolutely. Right. Uh, Lene Satterley with Van Andel Institute and the Purple Community. Alex Bjork, thank you to Jeff Myers uh, stopping by. Anything you can do to help. Uh, the mission is real, and they are going to change lives, already have, and who knows what the future holds, but you know the Van Andel family and everybody at Van Andel Institute won't give up until they find a cure for cancer and Parkinson's. Now, if you've missed any of our conversations, shows, hours, huge opinions, interviews, all of our podcasts are free and we are everywhere. Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Podbean, and more. Just search The Huge Show where you download podcasts and you can catch up and listen on your schedule when you want to. Just search The Huge Show where you download podcasts. Big. Bad. Huge.